Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Nightman K. Hall back at it again with another podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ah, man, what a weekend, man. What a weekend. You know, Bitcoin is still stuck at over 29K right now. It's been kind of stagnant. I'm loving every minute of it personally, man. Hope everybody's weekend was good. My weekend's been pretty good so far. Uh, got an appointment on Monday, so it should be good. Just got to go get a CAT scan. And then uh, send over some paperwork to my employer and everything like that, folks. Like I said, last week I'm going to be out of work for a while, but it's all good. It's all good. Life is amazing. And I'm going to talk about Bitcoin tonight, folks, um, towards the end of the show. A couple of things about using Satoshis and things like that. It's pretty cool. But anyway, folks, got a lot of news to get into. Not a lot of topics tonight. Um, only like seven topics tonight two for gaming and five for crypto but you know let's kick it off with the crypto freaking markets we got bitcoin at $29,035.15 we have ethereum $1,833.15 tether at 99 cents we have bnb at $244.16 xrp is at 63 cents um, USD coin is at a dollar. Lido stake ether is at $1,831.89. Dogecoin is at seven cents. Cardano's at 29 cents. Solana is at $22.90. Tron is at seven cents. Polkadot is at $5.01. Penny. Polygon is at 67 cents. Litecoin's at $83.23. So much for the Litecoin having, right? <laughs> it didn't even pump. Uh, Shiba Inu. At 957 millions of one penny, we got Rap BTC at $29,013.24. Uniswap is at $6.12. Bitcoin Cash $226.72. Avalanche is at $12.60. Tuncoin Ton is at $1.20. Dai is at number 21 at 99 cents. Chainlink $7.21. Stellar is at 14 cents, folks. Uh, Leo tokens at four dollars and two cents. Binance USD is at ninety nine cents. True USD is at ninety nine cents. Monero XMR is at one hundred sixty dollars and fifty seven cents. OKB is at forty five dollars and twenty two cents. Ethereum Classic seventeen dollars and ninety six cents. Um, Cosmo Hub is at eight dollars and fifty four cents. Filecoin four dollars and thirteen cents. We have Internet Computer four dollars and eight cents. Hadera is at five cents. Mantles at fifty-one cents. Lido Dow is at a dollar eighty-six. Kronos is at a nickel. Uh, QNT is at a hundred and two dollars fifteen cents. Aptos is at six dollars seventy-eight cents. Arbitron a dollar fourteen. V Chain is at one penny. Near Protocol is a dollar thirty-six. Optimism is at a dollar sixty-nine. Makers at one thousand two hundred thirty-nine dollars and forty-six cents. Rocket Pool ETH is at a thousand nine hundred eighty dollars eighty-three cents. The Graph is at ten cents. Uh, Capasa is at four pennies. Uh, Ave is at sixty-five dollars and eleven cents. XDC Network is at six pennies. The Sandbox is at forty-one cents. Algorand is at number 50 at 10 cents. Synthetic Network is at $2.54. EOS is at number 52 at 72 cents. Frax, 99 cents. Um, Immutable X is at 74 cents at number 54. And number 55 on the charts is Stacks 
at 58 cents, folks. So those are your top 55 cryptos. Right now, we have over 10,015 coins, 795 exchanges, a $1.2 trillion market cap. BTC's dominance is at 46.7%. Ethereum's at 18.2%. And the Ethereum gas fees are at 14 Goya. So if you are minting an NFT or doing anything on DeFi on Ethereum, or using DAI for that matter, remember, you're paying 14 Goya for your gas fees. But that's pretty cheap. Not too bad for Ethereum right now, especially when we're still in the bear market. But folks, my life has changed completely um, with Bitcoin going only into Bitcoin. So I sold all of my altcoins um, all into Bitcoin. So I'm using Bitcoin now on a daily basis. On BitRefill, you can pay a uh, prepaid MasterCard as long as you have a United States address. Um and you're a United States resident, so you can use a MasterCard prepaid gift card. I mean, yeah, prepaid debit card, which is absolutely amazing, folks. Especially if you're paying bills, um, like your electric bill or your car note or your, you know, student loan debt or things like that, which is absolutely amazing, folks. So that's a real use case with uh, using your Satoshis. So I've used it uh, to pay off my phone bill. It's absolutely amazing, folks. It goes right into your Google uh, wallet or your Apple Pay wallet, which is absolutely amazing. Looks just like a uh, debit card, but it's a virtual debit card, which is great. So you can tap to pay with this card. It's absolutely amazing, folks. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, I know everybody can't use it because I think there's a limit of like $1,000 or $10,000, depending on if you're... Um, if you are a verified user on BitRefill, I think the limit is $10,000. And I think if you're unverified, it's $1,000. So I have to double check that. Let me just double check real quick. Hold on a second. Let me see something. I think it is. If you're verified, I think it is um, $10,000. Let me just check real quick. Hold on one second, folks. <laughs> Excuse me, but let's take a look. See, so I'm on the MasterCard right now on BitRefill.com. So let's see. So verify users limits of of uh, cards is one thousand dollars USD, um, up to ten thousand dollars per day. So it's up to ten thousand dollars per day, but it's a thousand dollars per card. So you put up about a thousand dollars. So like, let's say your card payment seven hundred fifty dollars. Well. You put $750 on this MasterCard um, through BitRefill and you pay with Satoshis, you can use that card to pay off your car payment or your car insurance, folks. So it's a very good thing to you to have a backup um, if you don't want to use your physical debit or credit card. It's a very good thing for like paying, like again, your light bill, your grocery bill, um, things like that. It really gives Satoshis a real use case on a BitRefill. Um, I'm not sure if they have these type of cards on uh, coin cards, um, but I know they are on bit refill. So it's very awesome, folks. This is my one stop shop for living on Satoshis. I love using my Satoshis. I don't really hollow my Satoshis, folks. I actually use it like they're supposed to through the Lightning Network. So I love Phoenix Wallet. I love Moon Wallet. Both great for on chain and Lightning payments. So it's absolutely amazing, folks. I love it. To be honest, and I think if you are a Bitcoiner or if you're thinking about using Bitcoin, this is a good way to get used to using uh, your Satoshis. 
But if you like to huddle your Satoshi, that's cool too. I mean, I have cold storage as well for large amounts, like, you know, over $10,000 or more, you know, to store that away for emergency use in the future. But yeah, if you're like got $1,000 or $2,000, definitely folks, use Phoenix, use freaking Moon Wallet. Again, there are plenty of tutorials out there to show you how to use both wallets. Non-custodial wallets for Lightning and on-chain Bitcoin transactions. So I love both of those wallets. Both non-custodial. You get the private keys, which is amazing. So you're taking self-custody of your Satoshis, which is amazing. But anyway, folks, I love using BitRefill. You know, from Amazon shopping to paying my bills with this prepaid MasterCard gift card, uh, which is a virtual debit card, basically. Um, it's absolutely freaking awesome. Um, I love using my Satoshis to travel on Javala.com. It's absolutely amazing, folks. So I live on a Bitcoin standard. You know, I try not to use fiat. I just trade in my dirty fiat dollars for Satoshis personally. But yeah, folks, if if you really want to be on a Bitcoin standard, this is the way to go. BitRefill is your one-stop shop, folks. And I hope they add back a uh, bill pay someday, which will be great. I pro they're probably waiting on regulation in the United States. I mean, it's getting to the point now in the United States, folks, where they're trying to ban every crypto except for Bitcoin in the U.S., which wouldn't bother me one bit because I live in the United States. I know it would bother people in the Monero community that live here, but Monero doesn't need regulation. You know, Monero is a cypherpunk underground cryptocurrency, digital cash currency that you can use in spite of the freaking regulations. So I don't get why anybody would care if they did ban all of the cryptos except for Bitcoin in the United States. Which I wouldn't be opposed to that, being that I am an open Bitcoiner. But anyway, folks, let's get into some crypto news. <clears throat> so Bitcoin roller coaster year, a 29% gain from August 2022 to 2023, despite recent dips. So year-long overview, Bitcoin daily trade volume peaked at 118 billion, 12-month mean at 24 billion. Bitcoin value has recently dipped below the 30k mark. A level it achieved not long ago, but its 12-month performance against the U.S. dollar has been robust. On August 3, 2022, a single BTC was trading at $22,846, and closing price from the corresponding day in 2023 revealed a rise of more than 29%. Within that period, Bitcoin plummeted to a low of $15,599 per unit shortly after FTX collapsed on November 21st, 2022, only to rebound impressively. It recently touched $31,814 on July 13, 2023, marking its highest price in a year's time. Within the range of $15,599 to $31,814.52 per BTC, the mean average price of this asset from August 3rd, 2022 to August 3rd, 2023, settled at $23,317 per coin. <clears throat> On August 3rd, 2023, the daily global trade volume reached $12.78 billion. Over the past year, the lowest daily trade volume was $6.48 billion, which occurred just recently on July 29, 2023, while the peak was $118.99 billion on November 8, 2022. Present-day trading volume lavished below the 12-month daily mean average, which strands which stands at 24.18 billion. In a more focused view, the daily 
mean average for BTC trade volume over the past two months was $14.26 billion. Over six months, it was $18.77 billion. The nine-month daily average rests at approximately $21.30 billion. <clears throat> Additionally, Bitcoin's dominance, a measure of BTC's market capitalization within the entire $1.17 trillion crypto ecosystem, has notably, has notably risen since last year. Back in August 2022, BTC dominance was casting along at 40.34%. As of August 3rd, 2023, it has surged to 48.7%. With Bitcoin below the 30K threshold, its closing value on August 3rd, 2023 settled at $29,191 per coin. This figure is 2.42% less than the month's mean average, which stood at 29917 per unit. From June 3rd, 2023 to August 3rd, 2023, Bitcoin's BTC mean average price stood at $29,010, while the six-month average from February 3rd, 2023 to August 3rd, 2023 was 27224 per coin. Looking further back, the digital currency average price over the past eight months from December 3rd, 2022 to August 3rd, 2023 measured $25,000. $86 with the nine-month average sitting at $24,243 per BTC. So folks, what I take from this is that Bitcoin has stabled itself out over the past like year. It has stabled itself out at around about between $24,000 and about $30,000 per BTC coin. I mean, it's not bad, folks. It's not bad at all. So, I mean, the volatility of Bitcoin has really, really chilled out since the FTX collapse, which is very good to see. That means Bitcoin is maturing. I mean, it is only 14 years old. We still have a couple more years to go before it really matures out. About 11 more years to go before it really matures out because usually you start maturing out as an adult when you're, tw when you're 25 years old. Um, So... We got about 11 more years to go, so we got a couple more cycles to go before it matures out. About about two and a half more cycles to go before it does. So, I'm super excited, man. That's why I'm living on a Bitcoin standard, folks, and just going ahead out there and just paying for things like I would if I had a debit card, a physical debit card or cash with uh, Bitcoin and using the Lightning Network, which I love. They're doing a lot of good things in the Lightning space. I mean, AI is starting to use Lightning payments as well, which is great. It's good to see. That means more use cases. And you're starting to see more Layer 2s and solutions built on top of Bitcoin, which is great to see as well, folks. So I love it right now. I mean, I'm not a maximalist. Again, I'm an open Bitcoiner. I love Web3. Um, I love NFTs. I love ordinals. I love Layer 2s. And... I love a lot of these altcoins as well, you know, Monero, Dero, Pirate Chain. I think these are great protocols as well if you're really hardcore about privacy and things like that. I'm more of an open, transparent person, so that's why I'm in the Bitcoin. And it never was about the fiat price for me. I just want to use Bitcoin to travel the world, go to different conferences and meet different Bitcoiners, have discussions, you know, have a couple of drinks, eat some steak, buy my meats. And uh, vegetables and survival goods and things like that without the government interference. I just want to live a free life, folks. That's just how I am. But anyway, folks, let me know what y'all think of this article. Moving on, we got Ethereum. Yes, folks, Ethereum's getting the ETF.
That's right, folks. So if you thought Bitcoin was just getting the ETF, you are sadly mistaken. So is Ethereum. So the odds of approval for an Ethereum futures ETF has jumped to 75% according to a recent note by ETF analyst James and Eric. This is the same rate they attribute to Bitcoin futures ETF in September 2021. Meanwhile, the number of applications for Ethereum and Bitcoin future ETFs has increased to 12, thanks in part to a recent submission by Bitwise, a top firm in the field of index and beta cryptocurrency funds. Cryptocurrency future ETFs provide investors with exposure to cryptocurrency future contracts rather than offering direct investment in the mercurial asset class. The first Bitcoin-linked exchange traded fund ETF from ProShares, which tracks the Bitcoin future market, made its debut in October 2021. It helped to revive the Bitcoin bull run after making a significant regulatory milestone for the cryptocurrency industry. Despite not allowing investors to buy crypto directly, this future-based ETF could pave the way for approval of spot ETFs in the future. Is a Bitcoin spot ETF about to get approved? It is worth mentioning that... Sharifa and Balchums have also revised the approve the approval odds for a spot Bitcoin ETF upwards to 65% from 50% a few weeks ago. The increased likelihood of a Bitcoin ETF approval is influenced by the SEC chairman Gary Gensler potentially more reciprocal stance and strategy statistic moves by leading crypto investing investment firms like Grayscale and BlackRock. The first leverage Bitcoin ETF. On a historic note, the SEC greenlight the first leverage B- Bitcoin ETF last month. This trailblazing product has attracted a tide of over four million in trading volume during the first day, with approximately half a million dollars worth of shares being scooped up within the first quarter of an hour. So, folks, we are getting those ETFs. I don't care what anybody tells you. We are going to get those ETFs. We're going to get a Bitcoin ETF. We're going to get an Ethereum ETF, and we're going to get an Ethereum futures ETF. So, in the next couple of years, I'm going to say in about two years from now, we're going to have both a Bitcoin ETF and an Ethereum ETF. Mark my words. And that's going to really take the volatility down for both Bitcoin and Ethereum. Let me know what y'all think about that article. Moving on, we got some altcoin news. We got Cordano. That's right, Cordano. ADA ecosystem has finally arrived. ADA community activist says. I mean, how many times have we seen this freaking article about freaking Cordano? Heated debate is raging in the Cordano community while some influence enjoys all aspects of activity upsurge, including those dangerous for ADA holders. The opposite side accuses them of being... Fascinated by drama. Launch rug drama Cordano ecosystem has arrived, community says. Pseudonymous Cordano, um, Cordano, who goes by Cordano Whale on Twitter, admitted that he is loving the chaos the Cordano ecosystem is going through these days. He noticed a number of unusual events that result in solid FUD and hype for blockchain and dApps using it for their operation. In recent weeks, Cordano and his supporters witnessed launches, rug pull events, drama, 1,000% rallies of tokens, and painful liquidation. Also, Project Chalice, the largest community-driven incubation innovative in Web3, came under fire 
due to shitty nominees. At the same time, these events, though painful and dangerous for the community, are signals that the Cordano ecosystem has arrived at Cordano Well Concluded. Another Cordano who goes by Cinnamon Bun also pointed out that this is how a blockchain ecosystem should look like in its infancy. However, they were not happy about the manner in which some people pride themselves on staying out of drama. As covered by you today, previously in June 2023, Cordano inventor Charles Hoskins slammed critics who accused him of spending others' money. A wave of criticism raged when Hawkinson shared the details of his ocean expedition. Project Callus under criticism, here's why. Another scandal involved Project Callus, a large-scale Cordano community. Some Elastics found very suspicious applications who were seeking too much funding. Besides that, the previous unknown team claimed that it was co-founded by Charles Hawkins himself. In total, they asked for 5.8 million ADA from Project Callus funded 10. Last but not least, in Q3 2023, a series of announcements about rug pulls on Cordata were spread on Twitter. Teams of tokens, Sinetta, Cherry, Teddy, Grabbit, and Pop were accused of malice, manipulation, and draining liquidity from their customers. See, folks, this is one of the reasons why I got out of the altcoin space. This is one of the reasons. It's absolute chaos over there. It's absolute chaos in the altcoin space right now. That's why I liquidated my Doge. That's why I liquidated my Ethereum. And only I'm in, in Bitcoin. BTC, to me, Bitcoin is where I belong. I don't need any other altcoin. Just use Bitcoin and that's it. Again, like I said, folks, from the beginning, from the beginning of my journey in 2009, it was never about the fiat worthy of my of my Satoshi. It was all about using them and being away from the banking system. And I think that's more more apparent now after the pandemic that we had than ever before. I mean, if COVID showed me anything, you got to be in control of your own money. Have cold storage, have freaking Satoshis sitting on the sideline in cold storage for a rainy day. If you need them, if you're running low in your uh, hot wallet or your desktop wallet, you can just send them over from your, you know, cold storage device to your hot wallet and use them like it's cash. Period. End of story. That's the way I feel, folks. But let me know what y'all think about this Cordano chaos that's going on. Moving on, we have one more altcoin news, and that's Avalanche. So Avalanche blockchain usage grew in second quarter. Let's take a look at this story. So the use of Avalanche, the seventh largest smart contract platform, more than doubled in second quarter, even as users committed less of their cash to the system. Daily transits on Avalanche C-Chain an implementation of Ethereum virtual machine grew to just under 500,000 from roughly 200,000 and the number of daily active addresses ranged between about 25,000 to 117,000, settling around 95,000 at the end of the quarter. Blockchain analysis firm uh, Ninsen said in a research report, at the same time, DeFi Data shows the total value locked on the Layer 1 blockchain slid almost 20% to 695 million in the period. Despite the crypto bear market, the steady increase of active addresses coupled with the rise in daily transact is an indicator of healthy growth within the ecosystem and showcased the flourishing community supporting Avalanche, said the report. 
Inoperability protocol Layer 0 and Stargate, a cross-chain bridge that leverages Layer 0's technology, both played a role in Avalanche growth as two of the top entities by users and transactions on the C-chain, which could indicate a potential airdrop opportunity. So there you go, folks. Avalanche. Blockchain uses is growing, so... That's good to see if you're in the Avalanche community. I mean, I'm not in the Avalanche community, but maybe some of you that listen to my podcast are. So, hey, it's good to see good to see your uh, ecosystems growing. And last but not least, folks, we got to talk about the metaverse. You know I'm a big advocate for the metaverse. So let's talk about metaverse and finance, bridging DeFi and crypto. So with the developments of the metaverse, the financial sector has witnessed a game-changing technology uh, technological upheaval. This virtual universe, which is a result of a collaboration between blockchain technology, decentralized finance, DeFi, and cryptocurrency, has the potential to revolutionize the financial landscape as we know it. In this article, we will look at the matrix. I said the matrix. We will look at the metaverse, its relationship to decentralized finance, and its impact on the crypto sector. Understanding the metaverse. The metaverse is a digital realm in which people can interact in real time with each other and virtual items via augmented and virtual reality technology. It represents a seamless integration of physical and digital experience, opening up new options for both organizations and individuals. From a financial standpoint, the metaverse adds a new dimension of possibilities. Blockchain technology acts as a virtual world's backbone ensuring transparency, security, and immutability. As a result, it permits the development of one-of-a-kind virtual assets that may be possessed, sold, and monetized in the same way that real assets can. Bridging the gap with DeFi, decentralized finance or DeFi has been driving force behind the Bitcoin market rapid rise. It empowers users by removing the need for middlemen by giving open and permissionless access to financial services like as lending, borrowing, and yield farming. As it expands these decentralized financial services into virtual areas, the metaverse can be considered as an extension of the DeFi concept. Users can gain access to a wide range of financial products and services by incorporating DeFi protocols into the metaverse. This not only increases the utility of virtual assets, but it also links the digital and physical economies. The importance of asset tokenization in a volatile market. In the fast-paced world of finance and investment, assets tokenization has emerged as a transformable solution with the potential to reshape traditional markets. As evidenced by recent trends, the importance of asset tokenization becomes even more apparent in market uncertainties and changing landscapes. One of the most significant bit Benefits of asset tokenization lies in its ability to unlock liquidity and democratize investment opportunities by presenting tangible assets such as real estate or artwork as digital tokens on blockchain networks. Fractional ownership becomes feasible. This fractionalization allows investors of all sides to gain exposure to high-value assets that were once exclusive to wealthy individual and institutional players. The recent divergence between the the real estate and the virtual lands market underscores the events of asset tokenization. While tangible properties have experienced a substantial surge in value, virtual lands and 
popular Ethereum metaverse projects such as a significant drop in price. In such a scenario, asset tokenization can offer a hedge against market volatility and migrate risk. Tokenizing real estate, for example, enables asset owners to access a broader pool of potential buyers, reducing the time it takes to sell and realizing value in more liquid form. The metaverse role in crypto. The rise of the metaverse of finance has had a significant impact on the cryptocurrency business. For starters, it has created new opportunities for crypto adoption and virtual assets become more potent and integrated into the metaverse experience. Users can use cryptocurrency to buy, sell, buy, sell, and exchange virtual assets resulting in increased crypto adoption. Furthermore, the metaverse provides liquidity for non-fungible tokens, NFTs, which are one-of-a-kind digital assets that reflect ownership of a virtual item or collectible. These NFTs can be purchased and traded using cryptocurrency, resulting in a thriving market for virtual art, virtual real estate, and virtual products. This phenomenon has enhanced not only the appeal of NFTs, but also their perceived worth and investment potential. Moreover, the metaverse encourages innovation in the cryptocurrency field. Blockchain technology is being integrated into virtual worlds by by developers in order to improve security and operability and user experience. Such projects have potential to transform metaverse games, entertainment, and social interaction. While the metaverse has emerged prominently, it also faces a number of obstacles and issues as highlighted in a recent Council of the European Union report. Scalability is a critical issue as the metaverse requires significant computational power and blockchain scalability to handle a vast number of user transactions. To overcome this issue, scaling options like as Layer 2 protocols and sharding are being investigated. Another major worry is security. Because the metaverse is built on the blockchain technology, any flaws in the underlying protocol could lead to dangers and attacks. To protect users' assets, it is critical to implement strong security mechanisms such as smart contract audits and multiple-factor authentication. Regulatory certainty is critical for the metaverse long-term growth and finance. As the virtual economy blurs the uh, distinction between the physical and digital domains, uh, regulators may need to revise existing frameworks to fully embrace this growing environment. Future prospects. The metaverse future in finance is unquestionably bright. As technology advances, it has the potential to change not only the financial industry, but also gaming, entertainment, education, and uh, commerce. The incorporation of DeFi protocols and crypto assets in, into the metaverse office using a novel method to interact with financial services in a seamless manner. As the metaverse ecosystem grows, more players, developers, and corporations are expected to join, leading to increased innovation and competition. Collaboration between established financial institutions and metaverse entrepreneurs may also help to accelerate this transformation journey. Finally, the merging of the metaverse with decentralized banking and cryptocurrency represents a huge step forward in the growth of the financial service business. This virtual reality opens up a world of possibility. Virtual real estate, fractional ownership to virtual products marketplaces powered by NFTs. As we accept this technological leap, collaboration, security, and regulatory adaption adoption will be critical to realize the metaverse full promise in finance so that was a mouthful folks so i think ultimately 
like I said, I'm excited for the metaverse. By 2040, I think the metaverse will be fully built out. I think all questions will be answered with all of these altcoins as well. Um, by 2040 as well, we will know by 2040 if we are enslaved or not by then. So we will see, folks. That's why by time horizon, not 2030, it's 2040. Anyway, folks, let me know what y'all think about that article. Very good article about the metaverse if you care for it as well. So we got some Xbox news, folks. We got these 10 plus games are coming to Xbox next week, August 7th through the 11th. So welcome to your Xbox game roundup for X for um, August 7th through 11th. Next week sees the anticipated release of Stray along with other highlights such as Atlas Fallen, while we also got at least three Xbox Game Pass titles arriving on the service in the form of Brof Force Forever, Limbo, and Airborne Kingdom. So I'm not going to read all these games to you, I'm just going to read a couple. So Broface Forever comes out August 8th, Gord August 8th, uh, Wrestler Quest, Fluffy Milo comes out the 9th, we got Atlas Fallen comes out the 10th, we have Stray come out August 10th. We have Fruit Adventure comes out August 11th, and World Soccer Pinball comes out on the 11th. So I got the entire list here, folks. So if you want to read the entire list of the games coming out August 7th through the 11th, it will be in the link will be in the in the description below. So definitely check it out. And last but not least, folks, we got Killer Instinct 10th anniversary update coming soon to Xbox Series X and S. So the Xbox version of Killer Instinct has now been around for 10 years, and to celebrate the milestone, Iron uh, Galaxy is back to deliver a special anniversary update later this year. This announcement was made at EVO 2023 this weekend with the Killer Instinct team confirming that up, confirming this update would include a balanced patch, improved matchmaking, 4K support for Xbox Series X and S. Um, head of Killer Instinct, James, noted how the preparation for all of this originally began with the update in May of 2023 and mentioned how excited he was to welcome back the team at Iron Galaxy. While Killer Instinct in Season 1 was originally developed by Double Hex, Iron uh, Galaxy took over after this, releasing Season 2, 2014, Season 3, and 2016. Once again, more information about all of this will be delivered soon, so be on the lookout for an update in the near future. And also worth mentioning how the game's Xbox One X update added support for a native 4K, and the game is already fully backwards compatible for, with Xbox Series X and S. So there you go, folks. There you freaking go. So that is your gaming news, video game news update. And yes, there is... Um, there is um, confirmed that Nintendo is coming out with a next-gen console in 2024. So keep your eyes on that. A developers already have their dev kits for the next uh, Nintendo next-gen console. So that's pretty good to hear as well. That's very good to hear, folks. So glad to hear it um, that Nintendo is going to have a next-gen console. Maybe my wife will pick that one up. We'll see. She has a Switch now. So we'll see how that goes. Um, in 2024, folks, but a lot of travel um, looking on the horizon for me in 2024, folks. Like I said, I still want to go to El Salvador. Um, I do want to go to Bitcoin Amsterdam in 2024 as well. I was going to go to Dubai in 24, but I don't think I am. I'm going to cancel that, and I'm going to go to Bitcoin Amsterdam 
I have a friend that lives close to the Netherlands, so see if we can uh, meet up in uh, the Netherlands. He lives in Germany, but I think he'll take a plane or a train to the Netherlands to meet up with me. And uh, we can hang out, have a couple of drinks together, you know, talk Bitcoin or Monero, whatever he wants to talk about. You know, he isn't going to come to Bitcoin Amsterdam. He said conferences bore the hell out of him. And that's cool. Conferences aren't for everybody. I mean, I don't mind sitting for 15 hours or walking around a facility for 10 or 15 hours. It doesn't bother me at all, personally. But uh, yeah, folks, so El Salvador will be my first trip outside of the country in a long time. Um, so I'm definitely looking to go to El Salvador in 2024. I just don't know what month, um, to be honest. I'm thinking about maybe May, um, go to El Salvador. Nothing goes on in May. So, uh, I'll probably go to El Salvador in May. Um, probably early May before, uh, before I have to come back and work my holiday pay, but we'll see what happens or make, I might go in June, but June's usually gamer month. So I probably won't go in June, but we'll see. But I definitely want to go to El Salvador Experience, Bitcoin Beach, and things like that. Um, see if some of these merchants, if I could help some of these merchants with Bitcoin and adoption and try to help them, you know, some of these people that don't understand Bitcoin, get them on a Bitcoin standard and things like that. No guarantees I will be able to, but we'll try, you know, and see what I can do to help them out. You know, get them non-custodian wallets to try to help these people out. But uh, yeah, folks, I'm very interested to see Bitcoin City and things like that. Um, like I said, I'm fully into Bitcoin, 100% now. No more altcoins, just 100% Satoshis. Um, I love Noster. I love living on a Bitcoin standard, folks. And I sleep well at night. I mean, I understand Bitcoin's not private by default. I know Samurai Wallet has updated their wallet. A lot of new things they've added. Fantastic. I love uh, doing coin joins in Whirlpool with Samurai Wallet. I love it a lot. Breaking that history of your, um, of your Satoshis, obviously. Or you can go get non-KYC of Bitcoin from Hodl Hodl, uh, com. That's hodlhodl.com. I'll put the link in the description below of this podcast as well. If you're looking for non-KYC Bitcoin, um, as well. I should, I keep saying Bitcoin. I meant to say Satoshis. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, if you want Satoshis, definitely, um, non-KYC Satoshi, you definitely want to go to hodlhodl.com. Um, you can, if you're in the United States, you can buy from Cash App, but I would still coin join Whirlpool, those freaking coins, and uh, break the history and then send it to your non-custodian wallet for like your Lightning wallet or Moon wallet, Phoenix wallet, you know, or Zap or whatever you have. If you run your own nodes, Zap as well, um... It's a good wallet as well for Lightning and on-chain uh, Satoshis. Um, but yes, it's very awesome, folks. Like, I love my life. I can't wait for the next uh, Bitcoin meetup, hopefully this month, at the end of the month, which will be awesome. Definitely will be there as well. Hopefully it's on a Wednesday. I'll definitely be there. I've been invited to a layer two for stacks in New York City at the end of this month as well. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that one, but we'll see. Um... We'll see what happens, folks. We'll see what happens, definitely for sure. Um, I, I hate going to New York City, folks. I just don't like the cities, man. Like, I'm not a... I, I don't like cities. I grew up in the city, um, and I'm just not a city person, man. I've always felt like living out in the sticks or living out in a town or a village is much more better for me, and that's why I live in a town now, because I, I think the city is a, is a cesspool. It's a, it's a joke. It's 
it's it's it's a depressing place to live. It really is, folks. It's a depressing place to live. But uh, yeah, folks, you know I'm I'm getting better day by day. You know we're gonna see how my lung is uh, tomorrow. See how the bruise is tomorrow um, on Monday afternoon. And uh, if everything is good to go, folks, I might be able to get back to work by the end of August, which will be great. Uh, cause I'm really am ready to go back to work, folks. I'm, uh, just waiting on this, uh, workers comp to kick in. Um, they've already accepted my claim, so that's good news. Um, just waiting to get paid out. You know what I mean? They gotta pay me for all of July and, uh, pretty much up till August 12th. So that's a lot of cash that'll be coming my way, folks. So I'll be buying a lot of Satoshis, obviously, with that. And, uh, you know, ain't really got no more bills to pay this month except, uh, last half of the phone bill, but that's it, folks. I mean, my car is going to be paid um, on Tuesday, which is great. Insurance is going to be paid Tuesday night as well. Well, Tuesday morning, and uh, we're all set. You know, you know, me and my wife got everything going good, and it's awesome here, man, and just getting ready for October when I go out to Los Angeles for um, Pacific Bitcoin, obviously, and uh, go from there, folks, because I have my plane ticket, I have my car rental, I have my hotel, and I'm all set, man. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to rock, kick ass, and just uh, enjoy my life, man. Just enjoy being a Bitcoiner and just, you know, not getting into arguments with people or anything like that because it's just pointless, you know. Most people are just stupid and they don't see, you know, the future and a way out of, like, inflation and uh, debasement of the U.S. dollar and things like that or the fiat currency. And I understand people in Argentina are starting to adopt Monero, which is great. Monero is a great protocol. I like Monero a lot. But again, I don't get in this whole debate, Bitcoin versus Monero. I don't get into these arguments because it's pointless to me. There's plenty of solutions out there for Bitcoin if you want to be private. Obviously, it's not private at a protocol level, but things like Samurai Wallet, Wasabi Wallet gives you an opportunity to privatize your Bitcoin, break the history of your Bitcoin. You don't want KYC Bitcoin, you go to hodlhodl.com, buy from a seller that is selling you non-KYC Bitcoin, and you go from there, folks. That's really what it is, man, at the end of the day, and uh, it just takes work. If you want to freaking have privacy when it comes to Bitcoin, it takes work. It takes work, folks. And uh, there's only trade-offs, folks, when it comes to this, personally. When it comes to decentralized cryptos, there's trade-offs. There's no solution. There's only trade-offs. You know, so it is what it is. Monero's hard forked a bunch of times, so there's trade-offs with that. Um, the protocol is slow, though. I mean, 20 minutes for 10 confirmations. I mean, that's pretty slow. I mean, the Lightning Network, I could send a Satoshi in, in a fraction of a second for less than a penny, which is absolutely amazing. So, I mean, it is what it is. There's still a lot of work to be done with Lightning. Again, layer two solutions are coming. Woodstock, Stacks, uh, RSK, just a bunch of stuff. Strike, I don't even like Strike, but that's also a layer two solution coming. You know, we got Lightning. You know, DeFi's coming to Bitcoin. Smart contracts are coming to Bitcoin on layer two. So you got Fetty. Fetty Mint, you know, all these layer two solution folks are coming. So it's just going to take time. You know, people are starting to realize a lot of builders are starting to realize they can't build on a lot of these altcoin protocols. They have to build on top of Bitcoin. The only way their shit will work. So it's absolutely amazing to see. Again, I don't like any of these influencers. I think all these influencers are a bunch of scumbags. Um, that's just me. 
Um, I found some pretty good Bitcoin-only podcasts as well that I like. You know, I like some things. You know, I like Matt Kaiser's podcast with him and his wife, Stacy, but, you know, I don't trust him at all. Michael Saylor, I don't really like the guy. Um, you know, he's a phony. Elon Musk, Jack Dorsey, it is what it is, man. I mean... You know, I don't like influencers, man, so, I mean, if they hear this podcast down the road, look, man, I'm just being myself, man, I'm just speaking from my heart, speaking from my mind, it's, it is what it is, you know what I mean? I do want to go to the Nostra event, though, that's in Japan someday, I do want to go there for that as well, so, folks, again, Satoshis will pay for it, folks, and then, uh, you know, when I have to pay my hotel with fiat dollars, unfortunately, fiat what the fiat, as my wife likes to say, you know what I mean? So, it is what it is, man. But Bitcoin is going to take me everywhere I want to go, folks. So, I'm excited. I'm super happy, man. I love this prepaid MasterCard um, that we get. Um, that's good. So, maybe someday I could take a cruise as well. And, folks, I'm really not worried about the fourth industrial revolution. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'm not worried about the fourth industrial revolution. I'm going to thrive. I really am. Because now that I'm fully into Satoshi's and I don't have to worry about altcoins and, you know, securing those private keys and all that stuff, I can just focus on Bitcoin. I feel so much better, folks. I feel so much better. And I hope you do, too. Whatever protocol you're in, you don't have to be in Bitcoin. But again, whatever protocol you're in, I hope you sleep well at night knowing your keys, your private keys are safe, using non-custodian wallets and things like that. So, yeah, folks. Um... So I'm going to get the hell out of here. About a 45-minute show. I'm going to get out of here. We're definitely going to do the uh, independent news tomorrow tomorrow morning around about 12.30 a.m. I'll definitely get that done. And uh, we'll talk about some independent news, folks. So got a lot to talk about in the independent news circumstances. COVID is back, folks. That's right. COVID is back. And it's got a new name. And I'll definitely give you that new name. Uh, tomorrow night, so, I mean, tomorrow morning, so definitely stay tuned for that, folks, but make sure you share this content with your friends, families, hooker, hoes, uh, general managers, your prostitutes, your sluts, and uh, your side chicks, and your fuckboys, and uh, I will see you folks tomorrow morning. Peace.